These are baby dairy cows. They will mature in about two years, and at that time, they'll start producing about eight and a half gallons of milk a day. But the cost of getting that milk from the farm to your kitchen has gone up over the past year, driven by the price of gas, even the price to package the milk. Now that price is about $3.50 a gallon nationally, more than the price of a gallon of gasoline. And experts say that's a symptom of national inflation, and this is just the start. This is the conversation everywhere. Tony Katz, 93 WIBC. Good morning. Let me bring in Dr. Matt Will, economist, uh, professor uh, there at the University of Indianapolis, uh, mattwill.com is where you can go to get more on him on the drivehubler.com hotline. Sir, let's talk about what it is that we're seeing. We've seen the increase in gas prices. We're all feeling it. We're seeing an increase in food prices. And then we have the Fed moving up its timeline, as CNBC reports it, for rate hikes. So before we get to the food conversation and the gasoline conversation, the Fed making this announcement yesterday that they're seeing the possibility of these interest rates rising. What is that a cue for for the rest of society? Well, well Tony, what's happening is for about the past 10 years, inflation's only been around 2%. Yet this May, it was 5%. This is a serious problem. And the Fed, in response, they've announced they intend to increase the Fed funds rate. What they're hoping, Tony, is that the intention alone is going to reduce the fears. Because, Tony, the most important thing to know, inflation is really bad news. I mean, it destroyed economies like Greece and Cyprus and Italy. It, it, is, it is bad stuff, and we need to do everything we can to prevent that from happening. It hasn't happened in a long time, but it looks like it may. When we talk about Greece and uh, specifically, you're also talking about a, a radicalized level of spending. Maybe I've spoken too soon when we talk about the spending in the United States. So let's get into some definitions. How do you define inflation and how and, and what are the conditions by which we can see it growing here? You know, inflation is a very simple calculation, Tony. It's too much cash and not enough stuff to buy. And there's only two people in this country that can do that the Federal Reserve Board, and the federal government. And without getting into the nerdy math, when President Biden spends trillions upon trillions upon trillions of dollars, he's causing inflation. And at the same time, the Federal Reserve Board, they can cause inflation by pumping cash into the economy. And they've been doing this for a while now, and it's finally caught up with them. Talking to Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis. But let's be clear. Donald Trump was a spender. So why do I have inflation now as a conversation I didn't have it then? Well, you know what? That's a great point. And I think you and I have even talked about this on on the air, is that we weren't fans of the spending that Donald Trump was doing. But the economy was growing. Like I just said, more cash, you also have to have more stuff. And under Donald Trump, the economy was exploding. It was doing great. So there was lots of stuff to buy. Now there's not. The economy is slowing down. Even though we've had a V recovery, that's kind of a holdover, and it's still there's a shortage of goods and services. There's a shortage of lumber. I mean, you name it. There's stuff out there we just can't buy. You try to buy a car, Tony, good luck. The semiconductors don't exist to put in the cars. You're on a waiting list. There's not enough stuff. The economy is going too slow. The not enough stuff uh, conversation on cars, for example, is, of course, real. General Motors expect... Uh, inflation and the semiconductor chip shortage 
to cost them $3 billion by the end of this year. That's a big, giant number. When we talk about the, the, the lumber issues, lumber prices have come down a touch, but it's still the ability to find lumber. That is, of course, the question. So as we look at these things, you have to ask yourself, well, where is the end in sight? And are there things that are done through financial policy, monetary policy, uh, a la the Fed, that fix this? I'm not saying I'm a Fed guy. I'm asking... Is the raise in interest rates the only thing the Fed can do to try and be a hedge against this uh, impending issue? There's lots of things they can do, Tony, but they don't want to do it because the Fed, the Fed has said there's nothing to see here. These aren't your droids. They're calling this transitory. That means they think it's temporary. Inflation's here for a moment because there's demand for product, but there's not enough supply of stuff. There will be stuff soon enough. So they're just doing a head fake, like we say in basketball. They're not really taking it seriously. And I don't know if they're going to. Maybe if we have three or four months of high inflation, maybe they'll take it seriously. But Tony, they aren't doing anything. They're just saying they might do something at the end of 2023. That's not enough. Well, what are they supposed to say? I mean, in all honesty, if they say, oh, my gosh, it's inflation, we're all going to die, then they're guilty of creating a panic. That's something they would have done under Donald Trump, but they'll never do politically under Joe Biden. So is this Fed, as as led by Jerome Powell as it was uh, during President Trump, are they more political or are they just trying to keep markets at, 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 at as much rest as possible? You know, you said it very well. There's a theory called political monetary policy. And I think what you're seeing here is exactly that, political monetary policy, because I think the Fed is afraid to say to the federal government, you're spending too much money. I think they're afraid to do that. And we should at least be clear that Joe Biden has offered up $12 trillion worth of spending in his first six months. Not that $12 trillion has been spent, but he has offered up $12 trillion. One of the things that is now being spent is this child tax credit. This idea that if you have a child between 6 and 17, or 6 and 18, right, uh, and and uh, you, you make under a certain threshold, you're going to get $250 a child. If the child is under 6, you're going to get $300 a child. As we take a look at the job market, uh, Dr. Matt Will, economist, University of Indianapolis, as we take a look at this job market, we see the jobs open, we see people trying like you wouldn't believe to get employees and it's not happening. You're seeing Governor Eric Holcomb get sued for ending extended unemployment uh, benefits, even though those the dropping it hasn't caused people to get back into the job market like I thought it would. Has this child tax credit, which I think comes as a payment, is this exacerbating the problem of people not getting back to work? Oh, it's, it's definitely. Now, let me say that it is part of the problem because there's a lot of components. But if I give you 250 bucks per child, and there, is, there used to be a limit on that, Tony. You didn't just get it in your pocket as cash. Now it's a direct credit. It goes into your pocket. Even if you don't make any money, the government gives you this money. Wait, so wait. Yeah, direct, does direct credit mean an actual check? No, what it means is, you. yes, you will get a refund from the federal government on your taxes. That is okay. exactly correct. They will send you money when you file your taxes. When you file your taxes, it's not like every month a check is going to appear in your mailbox. That's the point I was making. You know, I, I, you know what? I will be honest with you. I don't know the mechanics of it, but since it's a tax credit, tax credits occur at the end of the, when you file your taxes. They don't occur during the year. 
So this tax credit, this ability to, to, to save these dollars, there, there's a value to this or is there a financial disincentive to this? There's a tremendous value to, um, to getting the money if you get it, but there's a disincentive for you to work. Because why would you – people in this world, Tony, not everybody wants to pursue uh, you know, greatness in their career. Some people are satisfied to live an average life. They're satisfied to get their bills taken care of, to play video games, to watch Netflix. Maybe they don't have that aspiration that, that some people do. And so this little amount is more than enough to make them happy to stay at home. Does this little amount keep uh, the pressure on a growing inflation? It, oh, it causes the inflation. It causes the inflation because if people have more money to buy and stuff not produced, see, see, here, see the cycle, Tony. If people aren't out working producing stuff, we don't have enough stuff. But the government's giving them lots of cash. So we have all this cash that's getting more and more in their pockets, yet we're not making stuff. Tony, it's, this drives me nuts. The government tries to fix the economy. The best way to fix the economy is to leave it alone. Every time they try to make a, fix a problem, they cause another problem. This is the problem with socialism. Capitalism, you leave it alone, the magic hand of the economy will work. The government gets in and tries to fix stuff, and all they do is break it. I think he just threw a little Adam Smith at us, people. That's what I think just happened. <laughs> I, I, I may or may not have an expertise on it. I, I don't know. 